Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is October 29th, 2018, and my guest on the show is Graham Moore, VP of Marketing at Polymath. Graham is an evangelist at Polymath. Prior to working at Polymath, he was creative director at the Spartan Race, uh, an associate at Canada's largest independent investment advisory firm, and an al- analyst at one of the world's largest real estate brokerages. Polymath is a decentralized platform that makes it easy to create security tokens, which are blockchain-based financial securities. Polymath lowers the barriers for businesses and issuers of financial products to launch security tokens on uh, the blockchain. So, uh, Graham, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Angela. It's great to be here. So tell me a little bit when uh, you got involved with Polymath and how you initially heard about it. Yeah, so I've been obsessed and obsessed is definitely the correct word with Bitcoin and blockchain technology uh, since the end of 2014. But I never really had uh, what, what you would call a job in the cryptocurrency world. But I was going around, I was educating people about Bitcoin, talking to them about how crazy this technology was and how the world was going to drastically change and improve. And most people I talked to said, yeah, okay, cool. Thanks, kid. See you later. Um, And then in 2017, seeing my friend on actually Snapchat of all places, uh, going around talking about blockchain technology, talking about his new company that he was starting. And I said, hey, that sounds kind of cool. And so I sent him a message. I said, hey, what's your new company all about? So he sent me over some information. He explained what the vision was for what they were going to build. And I said, okay, cool. And pretty much started working the next day. And that was Polymath. And my friend who I saw on Snapchat was Trevor Carrico, who's the co-founder and CEO at Polymath. And so I messaged him and we talked for pretty much, it took him about 10 minutes to explain to me what was going on. And I said, this is going to be one of the biggest things in the entire world and I have to be a part of it. So Polymath is my first, what I would call official blockchain technology job. And I've just had an absolute blast ever since. It's been over a year now that I've been with Polymath and been one of the most fun, exciting, challenging and interesting years of my life for sure. So that's a great story. So how did you and Trevor become friends on Snapchat? <laughs> so initially, actually, this was, I think, in 2015. My sister was at a party and she was just saying, oh, my brother loves this Bitcoin thing. Have you heard about this Bitcoin thing? And some guy said, oh, if your brother loves Bitcoin, he should talk to my friend who loves Bitcoin. And that was Trevor. So that was just how we connected. And both being from Toronto, we were actually playing hockey against each other as well in a men's league. I'm better than Trevor, if anybody asks. And um, we just, that was just kind of how we connected. And just through our love of cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin, that was just kind of how everything started. Kept in touch over the next couple of years. And then when I heard about Polymath, it was, uh, it was kind of a match made in heaven, if you want to call yeah. it that. Yeah. So now you're working full time at Polymath and have been for the past year or so. So tell me a little bit about your day to day activities and uh, what type of work you're involved in, and your responsibilities. Yeah, for myself, it's when things go properly and I get enough stuff scheduled, a lot of things like this, a lot of podcasts, going on a lot of interviews, uh, talking to people with YouTube channels in the cryptocurrency space, speaking at events, speaking on panels, a lot of educating people about what is polymath and why is it important. 
And then the other part of my job uh, would be content creation. So writing blog posts, figuring out what we should be talking about, trying to help people better understand what we're building, recent announcements that we have coming out, um, and then also our social media and community. So being on Telegram, answering questions that people have, posting things on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Reddit, all of these places where my main goal and area of expertise and the thing that I really like doing is explaining what Polymath is doing and why it's so important and how we can actually help you in your real life, not just some kind of metaphysical, oh, blockchain technology, the world's going to change and everyone's going to be better off. But here are some actual things that Polymath does to help your business. Do you have staff or is it, are you the only person who's in charge of all of this uh, on your own? Or uh, how do you delegate responsibilities with other people on your team? Yeah, most of that stuff I would say I own. And then we have a couple people now. So Charles is a new addition to our team. Uh, I want to say maybe uh, three, four months ago. He's, I would say, doing very similar to what I'm doing, but purely developer focused. So he's purely focused on the developer community. And so uh, we work pretty closely together. And sometimes I want to have time to do something. And I'll say, hey, Charles, you got um, an hour to do this. And he'll say, yeah. And at Polymath, our, uh, what I would call our corporate structure, if you want to call it that, it's, it's relatively flat. So we're very, very team focused. And, and it's usually just, hey, I don't have time to do this. Can you do this? And it's either a yes or no. And if it's a no from that person, then you got to find somebody else who's willing to do it. So it, it's very team focused. And we like to think of ourselves kind of as a team. So it, there's really not much like top down hierarchical assigning things for someone else to do. It's, it's very much a collaborative effort. So what have you found is a great strategy for Polymath in raising awareness and educating the community about your product and services and how it can help other businesses? What have you found really works well and what doesn't work so well? And what is the best approach for you guys to you know, create that brand awareness and also bring on new clients? The best approach for us has been doing things like this. And especially when we end up talking with other projects that are really great as well, like Bounty Zero X. And so when we're talking to these other great projects, then their community hears about us. I can't even begin to count kind of how many times somebody says to me, hey, I saw you do this interview. I thought it was cool what you were talking about with Polymath. We're actually looking to issue a security token. Can we talk more about it? I would say that's that happens. Every single day, pretty much without fail, somebody saying, hey, we heard you talking about this thing. We want to know more. Where can we go for more information? And so we found things like this to be incredibly beneficial. What's not beneficial, or at least where do we not spend a lot of our time, is I would say on, on paid media. So I actually saw some interesting things on, uh, on crypto Twitter the other day where Pretty much all of these news, uh, it, news, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers mm -hmm. right now, news websites about cryptocurrency where you have to pay to get articles placed um, and you have to give them money to essentially write what looks like an objective piece of news. Um, we don't really go down that route because we've found that it doesn't work for other projects. So we don't really want to get into anything like that. And so really what's worked best for us, uh, as I was saying, is education and doing things like this. Yeah, I think I know the article you're referencing. It was like right. uh, the journalist or, or someone, you know, contacted a, like 10 or 15 different journalist websites asking to have their article published on the site. And half of them, uh, you know, quoted them in price and the other half hinted at 
the fact that they would do it, but only if it was paid or, or some type of, you know, kickback or sponsorship or revenue. So, yeah, is that, yeah I think that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's very common in this cryptocurrency space, more so, I think, than in other types of industries. And, you know, then you have the, those newsletters and then you have like the, you know, the various like groups of, of folks and they pay to they offer to pay to have the story published in their group. Then, you know, who knows, you know, how uh, effective that is or how many of those users in that group are actually, you know, real. So, yeah. And, you know, that's definitely uh, something that we've come across. Also, lots of people, you know, we received, you know, tons of offers every day from companies or, um, you know, journalists or people with groups, you know, offering to post news about us. And so changing subjects, I want to jump over to the product itself. So for listeners who are listening to uh, the podcast and who may have heard of Polymath, but haven't really looked into it or don't know the details of it, on a high level, it's could be described as a network of services, which lower transaction costs for creating financial services products like security tokens. But there's kind of like a higher or I guess overarching uh, type of long-term vision. So why don't you tell me about that, like the long-term vision, and then we can dig into like the specifics of, of the product. Yes. Oh, the longer-term arching vision is a financial system that functions much more smoothly with much lower transaction costs where all participants are better off. So you can do that through changing the medium of what is a financial security. Because today, most of the financial securities that exist in the world are pieces of paper. And to me and most of the others on our team and to people who understand technology and who especially like blockchain technology, that's just completely insane. It is so crazy to think that the majority of how we represent ownership in the world is just written down on a piece of paper in a, in a filing cabinet somewhere. And so what we're saying is if we can provide an update to this very antiquated system that hasn't received many updates in the last, let's call it 100 years, we can improve a lot of the processes that go into financial securities creation, trading, the storing of financial securities, how dividends are paid how voting works for companies, and all of these other mechanisms where they're very, very manual today. We can take advantage of blockchain technology and automate a lot of these processes and make them much more easy to use. So for example, when somebody wants to do voting for a company, right? Like there's a lot of pieces of paper that get sent out and then people have to check a box somewhere that says, I wanna vote for this board of director or whatever the case may be. And then they have to send a piece of paper back somewhere. And it's just a whole mess. And what you can do with blockchain technology is you can have things like on-chain voting, which while they're not perfected today by any means, this is something that we, as in conjunction with many other participants in the blockchain technology ecosystem, are working towards is this future where we can automate a lot of these manual processes. And one that we're very excited about is the trading of financial securities. So when you're trading a stock today or a bond, it's very, very slow very expensive. There's a lot of middlemen involved and there are a lot of mistakes that can be made because the stocks have to go from you to your broker, to the exchange, to another broker, to the eventual place where they're actually supposed to be. And there's a lot of mishaps that can happen in this uh, case. And the other crazy thing that I always think about is this can only be done Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Like, 
why can I not buy and sell stocks on Christmas? Why can I why can I not even buy and sell stocks at 9 p.m. on a Saturday night? Like to me, that makes absolutely no sense. And so, what we're providing with this update to the financial system is a digital financial and capital markets world instead of an analog financial and capital markets world where pieces of paper are how we show ownership and how we trade ownership. So as part of that, you guys have developed the security token standard, the ST20 Ethereum token standard. And so that has a number of uh, features and properties which allow it to represent a security token. So instead of creating like an ERC20 token, like many people do, which are often used as utility tokens, what people can do is create this ST20 token. And this has the, the KYC feature, which makes it, quote unquote, a KYC identity aware token so that the holder of the token and who it's transferred to must must or should be whitelisted. So tell me a little bit about that security token standard and how that helps facilitate the goal of uh, Polymath. Yeah, ST20 has now actually been formalized uh, as an ERC. So it's ERC-1400, if anybody wants to go look it up. ST20 was kind of our placeholder name, but now it's been formalized uh, as an ERC and been proposed to the Ethereum community at large so people can actually give their feedback on it, which we've received a lot uh, in the last uh, month and a half, which we've been very, very excited about. But yeah, so if anybody wants to go check it out, it's ERC-1400 in GitHub. And there's a security token standard website as well. Just search for ERC-1400 security token standard and you will find it. And yeah, when we're talking about how this standard allows security tokens to exist, it is impossible to have financial securities on a blockchain without something like this standard. And the reason being is because you can't have regulatory compliance, which is very necessary for financial securities if you don't have something that can restrict transfers. So a lot of people... A few years ago, before Polymath started talking about security tokens, would go, oh, okay, I'm going to do this token that pays dividends, and it's going to be very cool, and people are going to want to buy it because it pays dividends, and I'll just do it as an ERC-20 because that's what everybody's doing for tokens. And then people realize, oh, okay, if this token pays dividends, that makes it a financial security, so it's governed by all of the laws and regulations that go with that. And then if it's an ERC-20 token, anybody on earth can hold it at any time, right? So if somebody's on an OFAC blacklist, meaning they're not supposed to hold certain financial securities, they can still get a hold of an ERC-20 token because you can just send it to their wallet. Or if somebody lives in North Korea, they can get a hold of an ERC-20 token because you can just send it to their wallet address. And so what we've done with ERC-1400, formerly ST-20, is we've built into this a essentially backwards compatible technology with ERC-20 that can restrict transfers. And so how it works is you can think of the token, the security token um, that you'd create using Polymath. Uh, when, it, when it's created, it's kind of like a blank canvas. And nobody on earth can hold this token except for the creator of the token. And then what happens is as people want to buy the token, they have to be KYC verified, KYC and AML verified, and then they have to be added their Ethereum wallet address has to be added to a whitelist. And then once they're on that whitelist, subject to any regulatory lockup periods or any hold periods that that person may have based on whatever type of offering there is, that person can now hold the security token. And so as more and more people are KYC verified, 
they get added to the whitelist and they can now trade this token around amongst themselves. But as soon as somebody tries to send one of these tokens to somebody whose Ethereum wallet address is not on the whitelist, the transaction fails. So in that way, we're enabling the security token revolution that everybody's talking about, this stampede of financial assets onto the blockchain. We're facilitating this to actually take place because regulatory compliance can be maintained finally. Because before you had tokens that had built-in transfer restrictions, you could not have a financial security on the blockchain because anybody on earth could get a hold of their security. And then you as the issuer are in, in big trouble. So that that is how important this security token standard is. So let's talk a little bit about now that we have generated these security tokens, what the tokens can represent. So we've been talking about the, the security tokens in the context of you know security. So they represent an ownership interest in a company or a corporation or anything like that, any type of financial instrument. So they can also represent property so they can represent real estate so you can have a token which represents ownership interest in you know an llc which owns a property or maybe you could even make the tokens represent you know the the property itself and there's been a lot of companies that have been working on tokenizing various types of assets in addition to securities where does polymath see that and is that part of polymath's long-term roadmap or are they specifically focusing on securities? Yeah, we want every single thing on earth to be tokenized. That's obviously a long-term vision, but I think it's one that makes sense. I mean, maybe I won't tokenize the coffee mug that's sitting beside me, but I think anything that's worth any substantial amount of value, a lot of people will want to chop that up into pieces and fractionalize the ownership of it. So whether that's like you were talking about a piece of real estate. Recently, I actually created a security token for a $50 million real estate property just because the owner was thinking, hey, you know what? Yeah, this blockchain technology thing sounds cool. Why don't I just try this out? And then maybe in a couple months, I'll think about selling some of my real estate that I have because I want a liquidity event. I still want to hold the majority of the real estate, but I still want a liquidity event. And then, you know what? Listing a REIT or getting a company set up and putting it on a public stock exchange, that costs a lot of money. Costs a, there's a lot of legal bills involved. Um, and then there's ongoing compliance that you have to have as well. So what if I just tokenize my real estate property and then I sell $10 million worth of it in a couple months to people who are interested in, in having these security tokens that have an actual interest in this property? So we definitely see it with real estate. We're talking to people who have art collections, who are looking to tokenize art collections. For me, that's one of the coolest things because that was not really conceivable before or at least people weren't even thinking about it at all in terms of having a piece of art and chopping it up into a million pieces and then selling off uh, some of those pieces to people who are interested just so they can participate in the price action of that piece of art. So I really do think, and most of us at Polymath really do think, that this is going to happen sooner than most other people believe, just because when people start to see the value in fractionalizing ownership of assets and having access to liquidity, people will do it more than they won't. Provided that the costs aren't prohibitive, which right now they aren't, it's very inexpensive to use the Polymath platform in order to tokenize something. I think people will begin to do this for almost every asset on earth. And then it extends beyond that into things like bonds, things like derivatives, any financial security 
will, in my opinion, become a blockchain-based security. It's really only a matter of time before people realize how much better this technology is than the legacy financial system. And it's really just people using it, realizing that it works, and regulators and governments realizing that it's regulatory compliant. And then that's that's kind of when the snowball starts to really pick up speed and gain a lot of traction. And when everybody starts to do this for all of their businesses, not just those early adopters who we're speaking with today. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great opportunity for both people who own assets and also people who want to trade those assets because it makes them more liquid. And also people who want to you know, perform work for their services or have you know, services and they want to perform some tasks and you know, they want to make some money and they can, you know, companies can sell some of their their equity in the company or, you know, they can use that to pay salaries in the form of like, uh, you know, instead of paying in, in fiat. So I want to change topics now and discuss where the platform is currently. So you guys recently announced that you have registered 100 uh, securities on the platform. 100 tokens have been registered using the Polymath Token Studio. So tell me a little bit about that milestone and what the token studio is and how it works. Yeah, the the 100 milestone is 100 token names have been reserved. So when you come onto the Polymath platform, just to prevent confusion in the marketplace, you have to select a ticker symbol, and then that becomes your ticker. Uh, if you create your token, it becomes your ticker symbol for life, essentially. And so 100 companies, people, aliens, robots, whoever's using uh, the Polymath app, a hundred token symbols have been reserved. And so that that's the milestone that, that we recently talked about, which we're really excited about because it means at least a hundred people have paid 250 poly and they've reserved their token symbol and they're looking to create a security token. And, and we're just really excited that people are actually using this out in the real world to create security tokens. It's very, very cool. And in terms of the token studio, how it works, it's very easy for me to kind of talk about how it works, but the, the best way to see how it works is actually to use it. So it's tokenstudio.polymath.network. And I highly recommend everyone go try it out. And you don't even need to pay any poly or any ETH. You can do it on testnet. There's a very good blog post that we have on how to acquire testnet poly and testnet ETH for free. And then you can try out the platform. Uh, you can see kind of what you can and can't do. You can see how easy it is to create a security token. And so... You can create a security token using the token studio on Polymath in 10 minutes. And one of the really cool things that you can do while, while you're on the token studio is you can see how, as you're going through the process of creating your security token, you can receive introduction to these other third parties that you might want to help you out with your offering. So you might want a marketing firm that knows how to help get the word out about your security token. You might want a lawyer. And by might want, I mean definitely want. Um, so you definitely want a securities lawyer to work with you when you are issuing a security token. That is a definite must-have when you are in the world of financial securities. You need good law help. And so while you're on the platform, we can introduce you to some great lawyers that we know. We can also introduce you to broker-dealers who have the ability to help you fundraise, KYC providers, custody agents, transfer agents, and that's part of what Polymath is doing is we don't want to be this consulting firm 
where you come and then we create this bespoke offering and investment banking like Goldman Sachs service every time you come. We want to be a self-serve platform where anybody can come create their own security token in 10 minutes, and also be introduced to any other parties that they might want to help them out. Because some people might already have a great securities lawyer that they know. They don't want to work with Polymath's securities lawyer, per se, or they don't want to work with Polymath's KYC provider, because they already know somebody who's in the KYC game that they really like and trust, and they want to work with that person. So you can come to Polymath, meet any of the parties that you need to help you out with your issuance, and create your security token in 10 minutes. And I highly recommend everyone go try it out on Testnet. So you launched this on mainnet in August, right? And so what has been the user feedback that you've gotten and and that you've collected from users since launching it? Most of the user feedback has been, this is the best dApp I've ever used. It is so straightforward. I can't believe how simple it was to actually create a security token. I thought I was going to need way more technical expertise to be able to do this, but A lot of people say, I'm not a blockchain expert by any means. I'm not a developer. And I found this really, really easy to use. And then, of course, there's the flip side of what the hell is MetaMask, right? So we're still in that world of Ethereum dApps where you need MetaMask to use almost every dApp uh, or at least something to interact with the Ethereum blockchain. And a lot of people, it's still, I don't know what MetaMask is. This is confusing. Um, I have no idea what's going on. And so we're still not really at that kind of graphical web browser moment where anybody can use the internet, right? So we're still not at that moment where anybody can use all blockchain apps. But as soon as people start getting comfortable with these tools like MetaMask, we're really starting to see that once they figure the MetaMask part out, they go, oh, wow, this app is actually pretty easy to use. I can understand how I'm supposed to create this security token. And all I have to do is really click a few buttons and put in some basic information. So you mentioned that the the DAP has uh, a marketplace for KYC providers, uh, legal delegates, and for developers. And so can anyone uh, list their their services? Like if I'm a KYC provider, uh, like let's say Civic or uh, Bloom or one of the other, you know, decentralized or or let's say uh, a law firm that wants to be added to the marketplace or the developer. What is the process for these users to have their their services added, and so that uh, people creating security token can Uh, engage with them through the application. Get in contact with Polymath. Let us know who you are. Hey, I'm law firm XYZ and I want to provide my services on the platform and we'll do a little bit of due diligence. Make sure you're not going to scam anybody. Um, Make sure you're a real law firm or a real KYC provider. Um, And then uh, what we're doing right now is uh, we're, we're listing only very, very high quality service providers onto the platform. We want to make sure that our first couple of issuers that are going through the platform have access to only the best of the best. Um, and we want to make sure that that's what they're getting is the best of the best KYC, uh, legal teams, broker dealers who can help them raise capital. Uh, we don't really want to have anybody on earth being able to list their services on the Polymath platform today. Um, but that's not saying that that's what Polymath platform couldn't become in the future is is kind of a more completely decentralized open marketplace where anybody on earth can list their services. Um, And then you have things like ratings, where 
if somebody is a great KYC provider, obviously they'll have great ratings associated with them and that can help somebody select them as their KYC provider. So in the early days, still very manual process, um, but we're looking to automate it as much as possible over time so that we can get a lot more service providers there who are helping these issuers out create security tokens. So then once the, uh, the providers are in the marketplace, and let's say I'm a, a token um, issuer, so I'm, I'm creating a token. Do I hire them and pay them using the Poly token? And how does so? From what I understand, the Poly token is used on the platform for transacting, so between parties. So let's say anytime there's a transaction on the platform between one of these different these four different actors, um, it's done using the Poly token. Can you elaborate and? Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. Um, Poly is, is the utility token that fuels this platform. And one of the interesting things that we're looking into experimenting with right now is, is requiring these service providers to actually stake Poly. So if you want one of those prime spots that's on the platform where all of these issuers are going through looking to create security tokens, do you want to be on one of those spots that says, hey, we recommend this service provider, go talk to them to help with your issuance. And if you want one of those spots as a service provider, you will need to stake Poly. Uh, they're being paid in Poly and Poly is actually being used as well to incentivize these service providers to actually want to be on the platform and to provide a great service because they're staking Poly, they have skin in the game, and that's how they're getting onto the platform. Why don't we talk a little bit about developer marketplace? And how the developer marketplace, because I think people understand the KYC marketplace, the legal delegate marketplace, uh, but then the developer marketplace and how that works. So you have an example of the vesting wallet module, which is a module that developers can create, basically sell to token issuers who want to use that module uh, for their security token issuance. Part of what we've realized is that we cannot build this entire decentralized capital market system ourselves. We're only so many people. And so what we've done is we've done Polymath from the beginning, completely open source. And we want as many developers as are interested to come contribute to this system that we're building. And so so something like, like the vesting wallet that you spoke of, about, issuers will not always want this basic ERC-1400 security token that has feature A, feature B, and feature C. Sometimes uh, security token issuers will want something else, um, like they'll want a vesting escrow wallet. And so if you are going to build that on the Polymath network, you will receive a bounty of 5,000 poly. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of these other modules that can be built out, um, like dividend paying modules, uh, dividends being paid out in poly, dividends being paid out in ETH, dividends being paid out in poly tied to a specific USD exchange rate. So there are a ton of different modules that can be built out based on the, the fact that security token issuers will want custom features. And how to think about that, uh, kind of what this looks like from the developer standpoint is Security token issuer comes to the platform, says, okay, uh, actually, oh, there's this one thing that I really want to do that's kind of unique for my security token. It doesn't exist right now. So they'll put in a sort of request on the Polymath platform 
And a developer can look at that and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make X amount of money if I build this module. I think it'll take me a week or two weeks or a month or whatever the case may be. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to build it. So now we've opened up the custom nature of security tokens and what can be created based on allowing external developers to come help out in, in order to contribute code for all these different modules. And then the developers, they earn some poly every time that that module is used. So if it's a great module they build and it's extensible and can be used by 100 different security token offerings, it has a high rating, then all of the different people who use it have to buy it. The developer sets a price in poly and then uh, they get paid every time it's used. Exactly. So, I, I mean, it's an amazing revenue generator for developers who are looking to build some more stuff on Ethereum, who are looking to build some stuff in the security token world, or even just who are looking to get paid. And uh, right now, there's kind of two payout methods for these developers who are building things. Uh, the first one is build this thing, Polymath will pay you, and then Polymath owns it. And then we can set the price and we can figure out uh, what we think works best. And then you're kind of out of the situation, but you built this cool thing for us. Thank you. We'll buy it off you. Uh, the other one is, is what you just alluded to, which is the developer maintains ownership of that module. They set the price on, price on the Polymath platform and they receive uh, residual income from every time this module is being used. So tell me a little bit about the uh current team that you have and if people want to get involved with polymath where they can go to learn more right now our team is i believe 42 people uh so i joined a year ago the fifth team member um, and now we're a team of over 40 which is really really exciting it's it's been amazing watching this thing grow over the last year actually right now uh, i want to say how many devs you have on the team i think we have I think we have 10 devs um, that are full-time at Polymath, and right now they're actually all at DevCon in Prague as we're recording this uh, on October 29th. Um, so they're all out there having fun, meeting other developers, talking to people about Polymath, uh, doing a bunch of security token meetups and all of that good stuff with other devs. Um, and just if anybody's interested in learning more about Polymath and seeing what opportunities we have, uh, it's polymath.network slash careers. So if you go to that page, you can check out all of our current openings that we have. Uh, and if you want to build the future of finance with us, I highly recommend you filling out an application. So my guest on the show today has been Graham Moore, VP of Marketing at Polymath. It was a pleasure having you today on the show. Thanks for coming on and talking about your Polymath. Uh, we'd love to have you back on again to discuss more about uh, the project, the next milestone. and. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.